Hold your breath. <gasps> okay. okay. <laughs> I like that we both let it out at the same time. <laughs> Balls, a supernatural podcast with Lizzie and Missy. That's I was like, good. I couldn't keep this going for a while because I always hold my breath in tunnels unless I'm driving because it's not safe. Yeah, I don't want you to pass out while you're driving through a tunnel. I don't think anybody does. No, especially but, like the Liberty Tunnel. That's pretty long. Yeah, the Blue Ridge Mountain Tunnel. Oh God! <laughs> what about the what about the uh, Chesapeake one that goes under the water? Oh God! Bay Ridge. Yep. Mm-mm. That wouldn't be good. No, no boy, no. I don't. When I was little, I always used to think that there would be windows in that tunnel under the water. That would be really cool. I thought like portals, you know. Yeah. Then, like, I don't know if the water is really that clear that you would be able to see anything. I don't know if you'd want to see. Yeah, probably not. Because I always thought about, like, um, the tunnel as you go into New York City. Because you yeah. obviously have to go down and under. Mm-hmm. I was like, the first time I did that, I thought there'd be windows. And then yeah. I thought about it later. And I was like, I don't know if I'd want to find out what's in that water. Well, There's at least one to... mob body in that water. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> at least one. <laughs> So we tried something a little different last time. Yeah! I mean, it was fun watching with you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. We'll see uh, what people think of it when I finally edit it all the way. Yes. So this time, (laughs) this time we're going back to our old ways. Yes. Back to the Um, tried and true. Quick synopsis and then a rundown of the episode. Yeah. And then random shit. And then Liz gives gives us a bunch of information, which I'm hoping this time... Is what I think it's going to be. I'm going to give a disclaimer right now, and I apologize, but not really. Um, <laughs> sorry, not have, sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, I got a lot of information, <laughs> so it's going to be a long one. So buckle up, bucko. <laughs> this is definitely not a two-episode uh, episode for us. No. <laughs> this is a single episode, and I am <laughs> probably going to lose my voice. And I apologize about also disclaimer any squeaky sounds anyone hears because I don't know if you can edit that out. But my dog is crazy and I'm sitting on the floor. <laughs> Some house cleaning things. So we're doing the 30 day song challenge on Instagram. Yes. So check into our Instagram story every day for a new song. Some of them are going to be our favorites. Obviously, most of them are going to be coming from the series or themed to the series. Obviously, we've been communicating and interacting with tons of people on Twitter, which is awesome. Please keep it up. Yeah, we love hearing from you guys. Yeah, that's really what we're here for is you guys. I mean, we're here for the series and for Dean and Sam, but also you guys, because without you guys, we wouldn't be here. We'd just be talking to air. (laughs) Which, I mean, we probably would do anyway, so. My dog obviously doesn't care what I'm watching and (laughs) what I'm talking about, so. And three, we are creating a Facebook, finally. The last of the social medias. <laughs> yes. Uh, so be <laughs> on the lookout for that. I'm talking to a couple of graphic designers to make us some logos and some cover art. And lastly, we will be sharing pictures at some point of what we look like so we can prove <laughs> we're humans. That was the tweet I was doing <laughs> that I was in the middle of whenever we got on this meeting um, to say, to ask anybody if they have any questions of us because I feel like we haven't, I don't think it was intentional, but we haven't really, like, said anything about ourselves, or they clearly have not seen us. <laughs> no, you obviously don't know who we are, don't know no. what we look like. Yeah. Um, for all you know, we could be aliens, bots, you name it. I, um, I do want to know what they think we look like, though. Yes, oh, find that's... 
you know what that would be fun uh that would be like a fun q a like what do you guys think we look like based on our voices yeah. or what are some assumptions you have of us are you gonna be disappointed when you really find out <laughs> i mean for me probably <laughs> i'm sorry they look like what yeah uh but that's just i wanted to get some of the housekeeping things out of the way for like what we're working on to show you guys that we're not super lazy i promise yeah no we have um, a lot of a lot of things in the works a lot of things a lot of ideas that we're doing and so if we're not necessarily really active on social media it doesn't mean that we're not doing anything and we will get to you guys eventually and because we really appreciate you being there and listening and sharing us so thank you guys in advance for continuing to do so we really appreciate you listening during quarantine because we know that our audio quality is not that great. <laughs> and we're trying like eight different things. So like <laughs> you're getting tons of weird shit thrown at you. <laughs> that's another thing that takes so long. I've gone through how many editing programs trying to figure out one that's going to work for us. And apparently Zoom calls are the thing that we're going to have to do for now. But we appreciate you sticking with us uh, while we do this. So do we want an outline of episode six no exit i would love it um i will also toss out that this episode aired november 2nd 2006 oh and it's set in philadelphia pa oh those that side no. of the states you know they're not doing good during quarantine and they weren't doing good in this episode <laughs> uh in case anybody hasn't picked up we're from pittsburgh and um philadelphia and pittsburgh don't necessarily get along so it's, it's just a thing you're born into it. You can't really do anything about it. No, it's, it's a keystone clash. Yeah. But, uh, yes, I would love an outline for this episode. Okay, so Sam and Dean investigate brutal slayings of several blonde women, all from the same apartment building, and discover that the spirit responsible is the ghost of the country's first serial murderer, H.H. H. Holmes. <sighs> Which I'm super excited um, to talk about. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I completely, I watched this episode last night, and I completely <laughs> forgot what it was. Yeah, well, I told you, remember I told you this afternoon I watched it, and I accidentally watched episode 7 for a good 15 to 20 minutes before I realized that's not the one I wanted to watch. I was like, where's Joe and Ellen? I was like, I thought this was supposed to be about H.H. Holmes. That's totally not happening right now. See, at least you realize that. Like, it took me a good 15 minutes to figure out what the fuck was happening in this episode. <laughs> because I'm sitting there going, oh, God, here we go, another angry ghost. Yeah. And then it hit me, and I was like, oh, wait, it's that guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy. Um, I honestly, when they started going on about the the theme of the blonde girls in the apartment building, I really didn't think that the first victim that we see was, was really that blonde. Yeah, I didn't think so either. It's like she might have had some highlights, but she definitely wasn't a blonde. No. And uh, it opens with her calling, I assume, the maintenance guy. Yeah, that's what I thought. And complaining about all the lights, which apparently have been going on and off and flickering for a good long time, which would drive me insane. I would just. No. And we know that flickering lights in this series is not a good thing. That's no. not just like something that just happens because you know your light bulb's loose. And then all of a sudden in this there's like this black ooze. Yeah, just coming out of the socket. And then dripping on her from the ceiling, but there's no marks oh. on the ceiling. Yeah, but she like 
wipes it off the table like it's like chocolate syrup. She's like, oh, what is this? I'm not touching that shit. Not my bare hand. Mm-mm. Not even with a glove. Nope. So she screams. Oh, cause and... the eye. Cause there's an eye in the. Oh, there's an eye in the socket. In the socket. <laughs> so creepy. I forgot about the eye. I saw oh. that and I was like, oh my god. And that was after it was like pretty. Like there was a lot of ooze coming out of that socket for yeah. her to be that close. Yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh. I'm running. Running away. Which then also confused me later on in the episode. That when entire the, first. When the other girl didn't run away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, um, that too. Mainly because, so that socket isn't part of the air ducts. And it looked to be like, I don't know. No, but it the... was behind the wall. That's true. Okay, you're So wasn't he, stuff. like, going through the walls, like? Yeah, because of the secret passageways. But still. Still. That's socket. Who also has, like, an unfinished socket in their apartment? I don't know. Why would you move in if it was like that? Because when she's calling the maintenance guy, she's like, you said you were supposed to have this done when I moved in. Well, why would you move your shit in if it's not done? Especially an electrical socket. It's not like they forgot to put a toilet roll on, you know? like. No, and especially because we realize, like, this apartment building is pretty new. Yeah. It's not an old building that they're converting into an apartment building. It's actually being fully built. Because yeah. it was on a blank land next to the prison. Mm-hmm. So obviously... Girl screams. End scene. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the supernatural uh, beginning. And then we're back at the roadhouse. Hey. Hey, hey, roadhouse. This is also the first episode we really see, like, normal human customers. Other, well, they were definitely there by accident. The Nebraska family. <laughs> In, like, their vacation t-shirts. Matching with tees. With two chill, like, little kids. Yeah. That place looks sketchy from the outside. I don't know if I'd be taking my toddlers in there. No! That was what I was like, what made you think that? Like, one, that's a place to get food. Because, one, it looks like a roadside bar straight out of the movie Roadhouse. Like, I'm waiting for Patrick Swayze to be busting through. <laughs> hey, at the Roadhouse, they had coffee. True. <laughs> so Sam and Dean go into the Roadhouse, only to be confronted in the middle of a fight between Joe and Ellen. Yeah. Ellen was not happy with her. Well, we find out why pretty fast. Yeah. Because Joe has a file that she's been working on. It's a pretty well-put-together file there. I mean, Dean was impressed. Yeah. Well, first he didn't want to take it because he's like, Ellen's going to, you know, kill me. (laughs) It's a case that Joe wants to go work, which obviously, at this point, she's never really worked a case ever. Yeah. She's only worked in a hunter's bar with her mom and heard stories from her dad. Yeah, I don't know if that's something I want to go do on my own. Yeah, especially after what happened. And especially her going in knowing that she's going to be the bait for whatever this is. Well, I mean, that's a catch-22, because she is blonde, so she knows in going to do this, she is the perfect type for right. this spirit. Yeah. So obviously, she'll be able to find it. Right. Um. So I think she's hoping to use that to her advantage. How does that work out for you? Just saying. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I think it worked. (laughs) But Sam and Dean end up taking the case from Joe in the hopes that Joe does not end up going. I mean, in reality, did they think that was going to work? I don't think they thought that ahead. Yeah, I mean, she's pretty strong-willed. I don't think she was just going to sit by and let them do it on their own. No. I think the fear of Ellen was really what they were banking on. (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> clearly doesn't work on her daughter. It just works on everybody else. Which is also a whole change, because in the previous episodes, obviously, they've taken phone calls, and they were kind of, Dean was kind of nice to Ellen Yeah. in the last episode when she called, mm-hmm. but usually he's been headstrong against her, and rude, yeah. very rude. Very rude. So the fact that he sided with Ellen, that and then big. eventually, yeah, so they end up going to Philadelphia, PA, and breaking into the apartment. What makes a comeback in this episode? The EMF detector! Yes, the EMF detector's back! It's been, it's been a while since we've seen it. It really has been. So they're kind of sweeping and trying to figure shit out. Uh, and they find a little bit of the ooze, which is weird because I didn't see any ooze until Sam found the ooze and, like, poked it. Yeah, I didn't see it either. And then Dean's like, that's ectoplasm. Which is also weird because <laughs> I grew up with ectoplasm being from Ghostbusters, which was like that purple oozy stuff. Yeah. Oh, I always thought, I thought like green, like Slimer. Yeah. Like they're not this like. (sighs) Right. And then, but Dean says the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. He does make, he does make the Ghostbusters reference. Yeah. But I was like, that's not, that's not the ghost from Ghostbusters I would have went with. No, no. The first (laughs) ghost we meet is the ghost of that evil, angry librarian. Yeah. Who's the one who leaves the ectoplasm on the the book cards? I always like the second one better. Something about the Vigo the Carpathian story just and then they at the end where they um they're in the Statue of Liberty. I like that part. I can't hear the song higher. Yeah. <laughs> and not ever think of that scene. Oh you have to. With the toaster Take me dancing. Higher. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Oh so my gosh. Go okay, sorry. Track. But I digress. <laughs> uh, so they find the ectoplasm, <laughs> and they say that that is one powerful ghost yeah. that they're going to be dealing with to leave ectoplasm like that. Mm-hmm. So they end up kind of sweeping around. Obviously, they know they're dealing with a ghost. And then Joe shows up. Honestly, but the apartment finds out that it, someone's looking at it. Yeah. Oh, who could it be? It's Joe. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, honey. Oh, yeah, Dean's her boyfriend all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> Which is like also, she wasn't like, happy for that. She was like, oh, hey, boyfriend. <laughs> but that doesn't explain Sam at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the creepy guy that's going to room with us. This is his brother. <laughs> They're inseparable, believe me. Tell me about it. It's a problem. <laughs> um, so Dean's her boyfriend, which is also one of the best interactions I've seen so far. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously Dean is not happy she showed up yeah. so he wants to yell at her so badly <laughs> and she wants to stick it to Dean that she's ahead of the game she knows what she's getting into and she knows what she's doing right <laughs> so like yes sweetheart whatever you say darling <laughs> I did um, want to point out that um, Dean has very well manicured nails his fingernails look very nice in this episode that's true. Wondering. Better than the ghosts. Oh, shit. Oh, that was so gross. <laughs> they looked like the grudge. Oh, like, oh, Just everything <sighs> about him had to smell. Like, just, ugh. Okay. Sorry, that's for later. Uh, you're fine. Um, <laughs> so now at this point, Joe's there. Um, and they obviously kind of get into a little tit for tat. Mm-hmm. As they're searching the rest of the apartment building for the ghost. Yeah, she was like, why is 
Dean was like so on top of her. She's like, you're going to buy me dinner? Oh, <laughs> uh, she's like, you're riding me pretty hard. Like, oh, man. Guys, come on. You know what, Sam? He's like, fuck, fuck it. I got to go get coffee. I got to yeah. do uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi stuff. He's like, you guys are on your own. <laughs> so they're passing through the hallway. Is that when she says um, he thinks that women, that Dean thinks that women can't do the job? Yes. And he's like, women can do the job fine. It's amateurs that can't. Which is true, because again, here's Joe, who's literally only heard the stories of hunters from her father, who's never actually gone on a hunt before. And we don't know, to this point, if she was trained like Sam and Dean were from childhood. Something tells me that um, Ellen really wouldn't let her do those kind of things. No, I feel like Ellen would have pushed for her to be a normal child and have a normal childhood. Yeah. Especially since the father kind of worked on his own all the time. Right. So, during one of the investigations, Dean smells something kind of funny near the vent that he finds familiar but can't put his finger on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we get to see the creepy-ass fingernails. Oh, come out of the vent. Yep. So gross. Um, And Dean does make it a point to point out to Joe that she is exactly the type of girl that's been going missing. Mm -hmm. And she says, I know, why do you think I came? Uh, While this is all going on, there's another girl who gets a really risque invitation. Wait, hold on. We didn't mention that Dean just blindly sticks his hand in the vent that the hand came out of, and he pulls out the clump of hair. With the scalp attached. Oh! Because that definitely had skin on it. Gross! Um, So they keep that on plastic wrap. (laughs) In the apartment, because why not? Evidence. Gotta put it in my evidence baggie. Yeah, so overnight, while that's all going on, uh, another girl in the apartment who's blonde gets a lingerie party invitation, which makes (laughs) me wonder what she does with her life. I mean, why not? And weirder shit than just the ectoplasm happens to her. And yet, she doesn't run away at first. Yeah. Doesn't run away at first. It starts with a crack in the ceiling, and then the crack starts to run along the ceiling. Yeah. And, and the crack just, runs the whole length of the ceiling. But she just watches it happen. Like, that's a normal thing. But, like, a wire was being pulled from a wall. But, like, but an invisible wire. wire. Yeah. Like so a then, piano string. Yeah, so then she runs to the phone to call someone. As the lights are flickering. Get your ass out of the apartment. Which, also, who puts a vent underneath the, the telephone? I don't know, but and how did he get her through the vent is my question. Like, he comes through, busts through the vent, and starts to pull her, but, like, he'd have to, like, lift her up into the vent. Did you see the piece of plaster that's stuck in her hair the entire time? Yeah. <laughs> it was along for the ride. I just feel like that was too much work. That's just yeah. my opinion. So, in the morning, Dean wakes up in a recliner in a really awkward position. I wish I could fall asleep like that. <laughs> uh, Joe has not been asleep, but she's been twirling a, quote, a butter knife. Or no, a pig sticker? Uh, something like that. I forget exactly what he said. And Sam's gone out for coffee, only Sam has returned quickly because, hey, there's another body. Well, there's no body, actually. Just another attack. So going through some evidence, they find out that that patch of land was next to a prison. Hey, jail. Because why not? And what does every good jail need? A gallow. Was that a real jail? I did some research. Oh, okay. Um, and according to this episode, let me see if I can pull it up. 
because uh, I didn't actually, I didn't write it down because I'm a horrible person. Maybe with an M or something. I didn't write it down either, clearly. I want to see it because I'm going to say it wrong. Um, so obviously there's Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. Yes. You've been there. I have this year. It's Moya Mensing. Moya Mensing. Is the name in Supernatural. Okay. So there is a Moya Mensing prison in Philadelphia. It was designed by Thomas Walter, and it was opened October 19th, 1835. Um, so potentially, yes. Uh, this was a real prison in Philadelphia, and it did execute prisoners by hanging, and actually the last execution happened in 1916. So was it torn down? Like, is it, is it still there? Huh. Um, so before he was moved to Eastern State Penitentiary, Al Capone actually spent time there. Really? Uh, so did Edgar Allan Poe. Huh. He went there to sleep off his drunkenness. Mm. Um, and also, fact check, because I was curious. So the prison is real, and I bet people are wondering, was H.H. H. Holmes actually there, let alone killed there? And the answer is yes. Wow. Um, H. H. Holmes was hanged at Moya Mensing. I still have to watch that uh, movie they did. I have it saved in my Hulu. I have seen way too many things. <laughs> um, but yes, Moya Mensing was demolished in 1968. 68, okay. Yep. Uh, it was located um, on the southwest of Philadelphia at the intersection of Passayunk Avenue and Reed Street in South Philadelphia. Born and raised Sorry. Sorry. I spent most of my days singing hey. the same thing in my head. <laughs> uh. um, so yes. So for fact checks, those are all the things about Moya Mensing. Eve, that's what we bring you you here on balls. Um, so that was one of the things about this episode of Supernatural that I found pretty interesting. They did their homework, obviously, and the potential for this to be real, yeah, um, is possible. I'm glad that they did that, though, because, I mean, I was sitting there for a second, and I was like, was he actually in Philadelphia? Because I know that the, the murder castle is in Chicago, right? Yes. So I was like, was he ever in Philly? But then that makes sense. I'm glad that they, they were historically accurate. Well, I feel like with such a big name as H.H. H. Holmes, because in finding out that the prison was next door, they found out that one of the people who was execution, executed by hanging was H.H. H. Holmes, who was coined the first mass murderer mm -hmm. in American history, and therefore Holmes had a, quote, type, uh, which was petite blondes. Oh, shit, Liz. Huh. He's coming out. I know. Me. I'm fucked. I'm <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Never been so happy to have brown hair in my life. I got it. What happens if I dye my hair? Oh, well, then you'll be fine. Okay, I mean, we're good. What was it the Son of Sam killer wanted uh, brunettes? Um, so did the uh, Gainesville Ripper. Damn it. <laughs> He, uh, he transposed his feelings towards his ex-wife into brunettes. Well, see, so. then I would have wore a wig. It'd be fine. I have a Farrah Fawcett wig. There you go. Well, then you're going to be H.H. H. Holmes. You got problems everywhere. <laughs> well, We're no, not safe. <laughs> you just keep it in your purse. Like, where am I now? Wherever you are, just a different color every day. <laughs> exactly. What do I have to be today? <laughs> Nobody kills blue hair. Quick. Nobody <laughs> wants to kill the Smurfs. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. Even Smurfette was blonde. Oh. oh, she was. Yeah. And she was petite. Oh, okay. Um, so in finding that, one of the things H.H. H. Holmes used to subdue and or kill his victims was chloroform. And Dean hints that, oh, wait, which also he recognized the smell of chloroform 
Which makes me wonder. I know. How how many times has that happened to you, Dean? Yeah, like, how did you use it? Was it used Is on it just you? something that was used on you? Like, where's the familiarity coming from? <laughs> oh, that Dean. Things we'll never know. That raised some questions. Um, so obviously we realized that we're dealing with H.H. Holmes. Um, but I feel like in doing so and using such a big name character that there's obviously a lot of history about, um, they had to be somewhat historically accurate. Yeah. Um, just like Bob the serial killer down the street. Yeah. It's not like they're just, they're making up somebody who's kind of based on, it's not like they're talking about Leatherface, who's a base of Ed Gein. Right. Um, mixed in with a couple other guys. Yeah. You're talking about like H.H. Holmes. So now they realize that it deals with the walls because one of the big things in dealing with the murder castle mm-hmm. um, was that Holmes had secret passages, which is how he used to hide the bodies and get women. So now they have to go in the walls. Um, but before they do that, Ellen calls because <laughs> Mama ain't no idiot. And Mm-mm. also, Joe happened to talk to Ash, which then let him know where she was. And apparently, according to Ellen, Ash folds. Yeah, Ash yes. was the one that was supposed to leave the credit card trail to Vegas. Clearly, that didn't work very well. Nope. I also feel like Ellen just walked in there and she's like, Ash, where's Joe? Yeah. And Have he you goes, seen Joe uh, today? I, th- I think she went to Vegas, and he goes, okay, but seriously, where's Joe? And that's when Ashley's like, oh, shit, uh, all right, here you go. I can't. He's in Philadelphia, sorry. So now Ellen's not only mad that Joe went, but she's mad that Dean lied to her. Oh, yeah. Yep. So obviously at this point, also, wait, wait when Ellen calls, that's after, oh, wait, I forgot about this. So they actually went to search the, the walls first, and Dean and Joe, because now at this point, Joe uh, is not out of her sight, or... Dean is not letting her out of his sight. Yeah. Um, but they come into a part of the wall that's too small for him, just right for her. And she decides she's going to go ahead. Did you hear what he said to her? Hmm. He said, I mean, I, I did. I just don't remember. I should have cleared the pipes today. <laughs> oh, yeah. When she squeezed fast, I was like, oh, my God. And you hear her go, I'm sorry, what? Because like, nothing. Oh, the pipes should be clean. What? He's <laughs> like, these are some dirty pipes. They need cleaned. <laughs> I was like, it took it took me a second. I was like, did he really say that? <laughs> <laughs> yep, he did. Ugh. Oh, no shame. Nope. Uh, so uh, Joe goes ahead and she climbs down, but luckily she's on the phone with Dean this entire time. Yeah. And he's following a map of the layout of the house, or the apartment building, to follow her in. Which I'm also interested in. So this blueprint he's following, is he just following a basic blueprint? Does this blueprint actually have the space in the walls? I don't know. I didn't see it. But you'd think it would just be a flat, like, regular blueprint. Yeah. So she ends up going down some air shaft. I mean, because why not? That's what because I would she's be determined to do. to find this girl. Because obviously, Holmes didn't just kill them immediately. He held them, he tortured them, and then he killed them. So obviously they know that they have the potential to find the girl that was just taken because obviously they're not gonna find the other one they already found a piece of her oh yeah which is still sitting in the apartment Ugh. Uh, Gross. and as per expected hh holmes gets joe yeah i kind of saw that coming and takes her down to the basement bye bye uh what looks like a dungeon yeah um but joe did find the girl who was taken hey girl hey She's still alive, and she's being kept captive by H.H. Holmes. 
those weird cells where they're like laying down. That's what I mean. It felt more like a dungeon. Yeah, it was like a shelf. That had there a, were a lot of questions I had on it. It kind of looked this. like you know, like a like you would think like a boiler or like it looked like, like the room in Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah. Where she goes to bake the meat pies. <laughs> but while this is going on, Ellen calls Dean again. And needs to talk to Joe, only for Dean to finally have to break and say that they don't have her. Well, yeah, at that point she knows that she's there, and yeah, and he's like, uh, um, we have to find her. But we will get her back. She's like, I'm flying there now. We also find out that there is some hidden information that Ellen was not forthcoming with to the boys. Because she says that's not the first time I've heard that from a Winchester. <sighs> yeah. Get it, they, they, she gets into that more toward the end. Um, and we find out more once she and Ellen, once she and Joe get into it. We also mm-hmm. find out that that little pig sticker, that little knife that she's been flipping around, is actually A W H. W A. Is it W A H? Yeah. Um, it's her father. Mm-hmm. And we find it comes in handy when she's stuck in her little cell. Hell yeah, it does. When I saw her flipping it around, I was like, "Why are you flipping around that little knife?" It's the same thing that Dean did. You know, he was like, here, take this big knife. Then you find out it's your dad's knife, and you're like, okay, I see it. But it did come in handy when she was stuck in the cell, and the H.H. H. Holmes was trying to, like, ghosty groper. Yeah, that was a little weird. I'm not sure what he was entirely trying to do there. I don't know either. It, it made me uncomfortable. So the boys find out on the blueprint that there is another entrance. Yeah, the sewer entrance. Um, did they have a metal detector, or was that the EMF thing again? Uh, that was the EMF. Okay. Twice in one episode. That thing was rocking it. Man. It needs to take a break now. We won't see it for like six more episodes. <laughs> okay, so they go in the, the sewer hole. Yes. And they find Joe. Yeah, the other girl. Salt, as per the usual. Yeah. Well, they use Joe as a, really as a uh, bait now. Well, I mean, <laughs> as Dean says it best... There's no other real choice at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it's their only option. Use, we're not going to use that girl who's, like, totally traumatized. Joe, Joe can handle it. She knows what she got into, so. Yeah. So they use Joe, and they actually create a circle of salt to trap A.J. Holmes. Yeah. And I love the fact that after this, because obviously they save her and the girl. And what I love is that Dean stole a cement truck. Yeah. <laughs> So nonchalantly. Like, does he have like, a CDL license? Like, how did you- That's also the thing. Like, he had zero problems driving that thing. Yeah. And he was backing it up. It's not like he actually drove it. He was backing it up onto a very small spot. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's got skills. And I like how it came full circle because, obviously, as mentioned in the episode, A.H.H. Uh, Holmes had a request that he be buried 10 feet under cement. And they buried him under cement. I was like, what if that's not enough cement? Like, what if there's, like, a hole somewhere? It's Should he get out of the salt octagon that it was? Yeah, like, what if somebody just turns on the heat in the winter and just the wind just blows the salt out of the way? And he's like, <laughs> all right, game on. Can't get me now. I gotta go uh, through the walls. Exactly. Yeah. But then Dean says that it'll keep him down there until hell freezes over. I was like, is that a little a little foreshadowing? Maybe. Um, so obviously Ellen and Joe are reunited. Yeah, Joe really, f- or Ellen really flew to Philadelphia. 
They had the awkward long car drive back. Mm-hmm. And Ellen kind of lets Joe in on some information that she didn't even know. Yeah. She was, like, really upset. Like, she started to cry, like... And she treated Dean way differently. Yeah. After this, because we find out that uh, her dad, who usually is solo on his hunting trips, uh, took a partner that said he would bring him back safely. Yeah, who also used to go out solo on his hunting trips. Um, And obviously, Joe's dad died on that hunting trip. Yeah. And believes it was the fault of the other hunter. Mm hmm. Uh, which was John Winchester. Dun dun dun! Sam and Dean's dad. So that's why Ellen is not too keen on the boys. And that's why John never really mentioned Ellen and Joe. Yeah. So, that's the end of that episode. No exit. You got some random shit. I do! I love random shit! (laughs) I actually um, came prepared with sound effects. <gasps> oh, I um, love it. And more pronunciations, and uh, actually, so I'm gonna get in the songs I have right now, because did you notice there are some pretty, um, pretty popular songs in this episode? Yes. First, I'm gonna say, and then I'm gonna play a clip. All right. Uh, first, we have "Cheap Trick Surrender." That was our first one. I'm glad I played that song way too many times on Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah? Oh, I love <laughs> Guitar Hero. I should get mine out. There you okay. go. Quarantine Guitar Hero. Yes. Uh, and our second song is Cold as Ice by Foreigner. Women to sacrifice our love. Okay, that's all I got for that one. I don't know how long I have to play before we... <laughs> My dad hates that song. Oh, yeah? Like, loathes it. (laughs) Like, he'll stop speaking if I play it and just stare at me. (laughs) Like, no, you didn't. So then I have to play it because he's treating me as cold as ice. (laughs) Okay, so this uh, episode, No Exit, uh, was named after the play by French existentialist Jean-Paul Sartre. I don't know how to say that. Uh, called, here's my first Google Translate, this is what the play was called, Oui Clos, uh, which means no exit. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, the best known line in the play is, hell is other people, which I feel is very fitting, very fitting for this uh, series. It says, in the play, three people are locked in a windowless room expecting to be tortured. Uh, no one arrives, but by probing each other's sins, Dark secrets and thoughts, they torture each other. (gasps) It's creepy. That man is twisted. There's a scene where Dean and Sam are talking about uh, a young girl. This is at the very beginning. So they were going to Los Angeles because a young girl has been kidnapped by an evil cult. Sam's like, yeah, got a name. And Dean's like, Katie Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like, that's funny, and for you, so bitchy. (laughs) 
And, uh, apparently, uh, when Katie Holmes started showing interest in boyfriend Tom Cru- boyfriend at the time Tom Cruise's religion Scientology, oh, I didn't write it the whole thing down. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> well, that's not a fact I can use. The half a random shit. It just says some suggested, and it just ends. <laughs> I mean, I would assume it's that some suggested that she would join Scientology. Yeah, we'll go with that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping that whole entire thing in because I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Could you tell I was trying to like copy these while I was, you know, quote unquote working? Yes. Um, Dean mentions ectoplasm and that they are dealing with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and what. <laughs> When I was little, I always thought it was the state puffed marshmallow man, not the stay puffed marshmallow man. It could be one of the, what was that thing we talked about the one time? Oh, Butter- the Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Yeah, the butterfly effect. What the fuck? Nope. The, Ma- <laughs> the Mandela effect. Uh, the stay puffed marshmallow man was the mascot of the fictitious stay puffed corporation uh, in Ghostbusters. And in case you're wondering, puffed is spelled P-U-F-T. And I never knew. I thought it was the Stay Puffed. Like P-U-F-F-E-D? Yes. I thought it was State Puffed. I don't know why. Well, apparently we're all just fucking it up, so. Yeah, well, you know. Maybe that's why he had it on his hat. Oh. Maybe. I I clearly never read it. (laughs) (laughs) Or I would have known that. Uh, Dean says Mazel to Joe in response to discovering the hidden vent. Uh, Alona Tall plays Joe is actually Israeli. No way. Yeah, I didn't know that. Huh. Uh, when Sam is researching H. H. Holmes, we see an old photo of a dead woman that is actually a picture of Elizabeth Stride, who was a victim of Jack the Ripper. Which ties back to the, one of the beliefs that H. H. Holmes could have actually been Jack the Ripper because one of his aliases shows up on a ship contract that shows that he, quote, traveled during that time frame to England Yep, and came back. Sorry, I had to interject. I made me so excited when, I mean, it sounds horrible that I'm like, I got so excited when I saw that picture, but I knew exactly what that <laughs> when, was. When you saw the murdered woman, man, that yes, was, I was like, oh, that's, mm. okay. I, I love that. No, it's so cool. I, that uh, show that was on history mm-hmm. for his grandson, H.H. H. Holmes' grandson. Oh yeah, I watched that whole yeah, thing. That was a good one. If you guys haven't seen that, um, Google it because I don't remember. Supposedly they were bringing it back. Yeah, they were supposed to have a season two. Guess not. Nothing yet. Oh well. Uh, it, I just this just popped in my head. I'm sure you're gonna talk about it, but the site of where the Murdo Castle was um, is a post office now. In case anybody was wondering, thought that was really weird. Okay, uh, the scene where Joe talks to Teresa, who's the other girl that was captured. Uh, through her cell door is reminiscent of a scene in 1997's Kiss the Girls. I never saw this movie. Um, Dr. Kate McTeelman, McTeelman wakes up after being kidnapped from her home to find herself trapped in an underground cell and calls through her cell doors to, uh, for help and is answered by other imprisoned women. Sam, Dean, and Joe uh, sealing up H.H. Holmes' ghost underground is uh, with concrete mirrors the real-life counterpart like you just said, uh, before his execution, Holmes specified that his casting, casket be encased in cement and buried 10 feet deep in order to deter any would-be grave robbers. Uh, Sam makes mention of this while discussing how difficult it would be to 
get rid of Holmes' ghosts, uh, no salting and burning here. Uh, the loft from this episode was used again and transformed into artist George Darrow's apartment in a uh, couple episodes from now, season two, episode eight, Crossroad Blues, which is another one I'm excited to talk about. But I will tell you why when we watch it. Ah, can't wait. Jared took some time off. This is the episode he took time off um, to get surgery on his wrist, the one that he broke in episode three. We did get a really nice close-up of the cast in this episode. It was pretty clean. Yeah. That was a clean cast. Okay, here now are more translations. Because I like to, I, I look at the title translations every time we do this, but I like to pick the funny ones. Mm-hmm. So this is the German translation, uh, which actually means murder castle. So here oh. we go in German. Murderburg. Murderburg. Ooh. <laughs> in case you're wondering, um, the O has an umlaut. Just, just wanted to point that out. Uh, and then this is Hungarian, and this translates to Blondes Preferred. I always thought it was gentlemen prefer blondes, but... Uh, this is just Blondes Preferred. Okay. <laughs> Short, sweet, and to the point. I mean, why not? Uh, Andrea Brooks, who plays Katie Burns. Is that one of the people who got killed? Yes. Okay. Uh, she also plays Maria slash Galandria in season 8, episode 11, LARP in The Real Girl. Hmm, okay. Brent Chapman, who plays Ed, also plays Paul Hayes in season 8, episode 3, Heartache. Did you notice Sam's scenes? Why do I do that? <laughs> you want to make the one person. There are two separate people. Every time. Each with their own different distinct personality. Dean's name isn't even right after Sam in this note. <laughs> so where did it come from? Uh, Sam's email address is swinchester at mail.srv. Uh, fre- there was like a screenshot of the computer. Mm. Uh, he frequently emails Ash dwinchester at mail.srv, which I wouldn't think that Dean would be a super frequent user of email, but I guess. And then apparently someone named Ross... Uh, who there is an email from with the subject of WTF. <laughs> I'm sure why not. It, I guess it happens. The Nebraska father who says, uh, when they, who comes in when they're fighting, says, we'll just go to the Arby's down the street. In 2016, Arby's tweeted out a picture of one of their sandwiches in an anti-possession symbol made out of ketchup with the ketchup, the ketchup, with the <laughs> caption, carry on wayward son. Ah, that's so cool! I knew I liked Arby's. I'm gonna, I'll find the picture again and I'll post it. It was pretty cool. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Uh, and this episode makes for the first time that the Winchesters face the ghost of a famous serial killer. Uh, they actually don't see another one for 12 years when, uh, season 14, uh, they face John Wayne Gacy. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that's what I got for you today. All right. Well, I, I hope, got. I hope you liked my little uh. My little media interactions there. I did. I thought it was a nice little like <laughs> spot of glitter in the episode. <gasps> it was glitter. Yeah, it's a sparkly fancy. Mm-hmm. I don't have any of those. That's my Snapchat filter. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> in fact, I heart it. Oh. Yes. Um. All right. So obviously, I am going to be talking about H. H. Holmes. Yay. <laughs> A.K.A. Herman Webster Mudgett. Mudgett. 
Um, I found all my information from Biography, Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, which is a really interesting read. It's kind of weird because the way that he writes it, a chapter is about the world exposition, and then the next is about H.H. H. Holmes, and it goes back and forth about what was happening in Chicago versus what was happening with him. Oh, well, that's really interesting. Um, so, yeah, you learn a ton of stuff about the exposition and what was happening there. And obviously, it was the first time that they were introducing electricity. Yeah. I got more information from the Crime Museum and History.com and the History Channel. So, born Herman Webster Mudgett on May 16th, 1861 in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, he expressed interest in medicine and would eventually go on to practice surgery on animals. However, he was bullied as a kid, originally fearing doctors, so classmates actually forced him to stand in front of a real human skeleton and refused to let him leave. Um, and Holmes actually said that the experience exercised his fear of death, which would possibly lead to his fascination with death and skeletons. He ended up graduating high school at 16, which is when he changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes, a.k.a. H.H. Holmes. Holmes would then go on to have a multitude of aliases he would use for his insurance scandals, his frauds, and for bookkeeping. He attended the University of Michigan Medical School. He graduated with a medical degree in 1884. He financed his education through a series of insurance scams where he would go and steal cadavers from the laboratory burn them and pose them as if they'd been killed in accidents after taking out insurance policies on them and it was always with fake people never real people so he would make up people yeah take out insurance policies on them and then steal these skeletons disfigure them and then collect insurance on them he moved to chicago not too long after graduating he moved in 1885 where he worked in a pharmacy um, which he eventually bought and speculation is that he may have killed the owner. Oh. <laughs> um, the owner actually left the pharmacy to his widow, and Holmes was able to convince the widow to let him buy the store, and then the widow just disappeared. Oh, how convenient. Um, Holmes claimed that she moved to California. Oh, yeah, fresh air. Um, which, during that time, it's not like you could just call and check up on her. You kind of had to take his word for it. Yeah. Um, he would then go on to furnish multiple properties, Um, essentially buying up a block. He also would buy things from furniture stores on credit and never actually pay. So he had multiple people looking for him to collect on debts, Um, but he used different names to do so. He began constructing a three-story building, which was eventually dubbed the Murder Castle, in 1889 and finished in 1891. Um, According to information, it was located on the 63rd Street in Chicago. Uh, The upstairs contained his living quarters and a hundred small rooms where he would be then eventually killing his victims after torturing them. Uh, It contained trap doors and body chutes to move bodies to the basement where he would then burn them in a kiln or an incinerator. A hundred rooms. A hundred rooms. Wow. Uh, He made sure that the rooms were soundproof, contained fake walls. Some of them had places where he could view without being actually noticed. He had pipes connected to a gas tank that could then fill rooms at will with gas. He, (laughs) why not? I'm just thinking about the people who, like, like, they're getting paid, but, like, the people who built this place for him, like, 
Were you not questioning what was going to happen with all these? Funny, things? you should mention that. Oh, he actually he hired and fired construction workers on a whim, so no one actually knew the layout of the murder castle. So no one actually could tell what was happening because before they would finish a section, he would fire that crew and hire a new one. Oh, well, that makes sense. Okay, thank you for answering my question. Mm -hmm. um, so the blueprint actually contained 51 doorways that opened to brick walls, 100 windowless rooms, two furnaces, body-sized chutes that led to an incinerator in the basement, and stairways leading nowhere. Okay. So as I was reading this, ironically, it reminded me a lot of the Winchester Mystery House. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is a lot more sinister, whereas he's <laughs> doing it to kill people, she was doing it to run from the spirits. Yeah. Holmes would then go on to open the hotel to visitors of the 1883 Columbian Exposition, or the World's Fair. He would lure his victims by advertising lodging, because it was actually pretty close to where the fair was held, and also by placing ads for employment in local papers, mainly for young women. He would sell skeletons to local medical schools and laboratories. He also required his employees to have a life insurance policy pulled out on them, and he would actually offer to cover the premiums in exchange to be named the beneficiary. It's not fishy at all. He's a smart guy. <laughs> oh, he was highly intelligent, which is the craziest part. Yeah. Um, when you actually stop to think about what he did for how long, I mean, he didn't do it for an extremely long amount of time, but half of the frauds that he committed and just the insurance policies alone, um, these, this man was married to multiple women and proposed to many others. He was able to hide from the police and authorities. He was able to outwit them whenever they had... Um, arrest warrants for him. Like I said, at one point, he actually was on a boat and went to London and came back. Yeah. He did actually, at one point, most of the stuff he did on his own. However, he did have an accomplice at one point uh, named Benjamin Peitzel. So Holmes schemed with Peitzel to fake Peitzel's death after purchasing a $10,000 life insurance policy from Fidelity Mutual Life Association. But he may have eventually just decided instead of using a fake skeleton to use Peitzel himself. Oh. <laughs> okay. um, but before this happened, Peitzel and some of the children of Peitzel's, he had a few, and Holmes actually traveled to Colorado and Missouri, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Texas. With his kids? With some of the kids. Okay. And while in Texas, Holmes actually stole some horses shipped them to St. Louis, and sold them. Why not? But because of this, it actually led to Holmes' arrest, and he was sent to jail. And while he was in jail, he actually um, met another inmate named Marion Hedgepeth, and he actually concocted, bleh, concocted a plan with Hedgepeth um, that consisted of taking out $10,000 loan and then faking his death so he wouldn't have to pay the loan back. Hedgepeth thought the plan was genius and agreed to help, as long as Holmes would give him a small cut of money. Great idea. Let's do that. Hedgepath gave Holmes the name of a trustworthy lawyer who would be able to help him with the insurance company swindle. But the plan kind of fell through because the insurance company thought that it was suspicious. Oh, now they think it's suspicious. Yes. Not all the other times that it happened this time. So because of this turn... <laughs> Obviously, Hedgepath was pissed because Holmes didn't keep up his side of the bargain. So that's actually how they found out about Peitzel. 
because originally the, what Holmes said was to Peitzel's wife that the husband had the kids. Oh, like the husband took them out of town. Yes. However, that is not the truth. What ended up happening to poor Peitzel, Benjamin, not the kids, was that Holmes used chloroform and then set him on fire. Oh, what? Set him on So did he tell this to the other guy in jail? Um, Hedgepath was still in jail. But it, did he? Did Holmes tell that guy? Yes. Well, why would you just freely give up that information? You know, there's a lot of jailhouse confessions. They're not usually held in court. Uh, Holmes was put on trial for the murder of Peitzel. Um, was eventually convicted. He also was then bribed by the Hearst newspaper. Oh, okay. For confessions, um, which Holmes would then go on to confess to 30 murders in Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto. He's giving it all up now, huh? Uh, for a price, yes. He he had no problem giving up information uh, for money, because obviously money is what drove him, because he'd had so many swindles throughout yeah. his life. Holmes was hung on May 7th, 1896, in the Mason County Prison in Philadelphia. He dropped at 10, 12 o'clock and was pronounced dead 20 minutes later. Wow. His last meal was essentially a hearty breakfast of eggs, toast, and coffee, which he, quote, relished in. And his last words were actually to the undertaker, take your time, don't bungle it. Oh, <laughs> okay then. Holmes is actually also quoted as saying why he committed these murders uh, with, I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer no more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the, quote, evil one, unquote, standing by my, as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world, and he has been with me since. Really? Holmes would confess to 27 killings. Potentially, there are rumors that he could have up to 100 to 200 victims. Wow. Um, however, only nine victims have actually been confirmed. His victims include Julia Connor and her daughter Pearl, who was eight years old. Uh, Julia and Pearl lived at the murder castle, and Julia worked as his former secretary and theorized lover who they believe he may have proposed to. She, both of them were murdered in 1891. Nanny Williams and her sister Minnie Williams, who Holmes was engaged to, were both murdered in 1893. Nanny was killed, they believe, because she was visiting her sister Minnie because she didn't trust Holmes. <laughs> well, Shocking. Right. I don't know where she got that feeling from. Yeah, um, women's but, intuition. Minnie did come from a good stocked family, and she did have an inheritance that Holmes would then take. Both of them have never had, well, both Julia, Pearl, Nanny, and Minnie have never had their bodies found. Oh. So there's thought that they were placed in the incinerator or that they may have had their skeletons sold. Obviously, Benjamin Peitzel, Peitzel's son Howard, he was found in Indianapolis. But all remained of him were his bones and teeth, which were found charred in a cottage. His two daughters, Alice and Nellie, their bodies were found in a cellar in Toronto and are believed to have been poisoned via gas to death, thinking that Holmes had cut a hole in this trunk that he had placed them in and had pumped gas into the trunk until they died. 
so my face right now. <laughs> um, the bodies brown. <laughs> the bodies of Benjamin, obviously the remains of Howard, and the bodies of Alice and Nellie have all been found. Um, and the last confirmed victim is Emmeline Sigrand, and she was murdered in 1892. Her body was also never found, but she was another former secretary of Holmes and believed to have been proposed to as well. So I bet you're wondering, who else has this Casanova char charmed? I am. Well, here are you sitting down. I, I am actually, yes. He I'm has, ready. good. Because not only did he have these two proposals, he has three wives. <laughs> three wives. Because why not? I mean. So his first wife, Clara A. Lovering, he married her in 1878, and she was kind of like his high school sweetheart from hometown. He then went on to marry Murda Belknap. Murda? Murda. Okay. Not like Murda, but like Murta. <laughs> Uh, in eighteen, did you just pull out a jaw roll right there? Yes. Okay. If I had to. Uh, uh, the devil made me do it. Um, he married Myrta in 1887, and then he went on to marry Georgiana Yoke in 1894. The funny story is he was married to all three of them at the time of his death. I was just gonna say, was he still married to everybody? While being engaged to Minnie Williams. Okay. I mean, the more the merrier, I guess. So obviously, once his body was taken, Holmes requested that his body be buried 10 feet down and encased in cement. However, they did eventually exhume his body, and then they proceeded to bury him again. Why did they do that? Bury him again or exhume his body? Both. <laughs> All right, so they actually exhumed his body. One, to confirm, because there's also belief that Holmes actually faked his death. Yeah that he was not actually the one that was hanged that day. So they needed to confirm that it was actually him. So they exhumed his body first off. The weirder part is that Wait, because it gets weirder? Of, it gets weirder. So when they exhumed his body, uh, because of his manner of preservation, as it were, uh, his clothes were almost perfectly preserved, and his mustache was actually still intact on his skull. That is so... Creepy. Was it one of those handlebar mustaches? Yes. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, because of the, the way of decay, uh, it smelled awful and they weren't actually able to get any DNA out of it. You mean it didn't smell lovely? Uh, it did not smell like fine wine and roses. <laughs> um, however, they were able to identify him using teeth. Okay. So the idea that he may have gotten out of it is not necessarily true that is him way way down under the cement now when they reburied him did they put him under all the cement again um looking it up right yeah i'm giving you the tough questions <sighs> how dare I you ask a like question <laughs> um the, the ironic part is that the rumor is that he snuck out of his hanging and uh, fled to South America. <laughs> Just snuck out. Snuck out to South America. Um, and in case you're curious as to where he is buried, he is buried in the Holy Cross Cemetery, and he was executed nine days before his 35th birthday. Oh. Um, and also, little known fact, 
he uh, chose Holmes as a homage to Sherlock Holmes. Really? Interesting. Yes, because he's, you know, so narcissistic. <laughs> he also, um, in case you were curious, wrote his own 256-page account of what happened. Uh, oh, really? Like where he tried to he tried to convince the public that he was innocent. Oh, okay. That he didn't have a murder castle and kill all these people. Yes. Okay. He is totally innocent. Cool. Do you know when they tore the building down? Uh, 1968. Did you already say that? Oh, wait. Um, oh, are you talking about the murder castle? Yeah, sorry. Okay, so the murder castle actually wasn't torn down. The murder castle mysteriously burned to the ground. Oh, okay. Was it like Holmes coming back from the, like, ghosty Holmes came back and burned his castle down? There's no, there's no, like, they didn't investigate and find, like, a cause. Because it, they actually um, were going to open up the murder castle as, like, a tourist exhibit and call it the murder house. Like an attraction? Holmes's murder house, yeah. I mean, It was one... a big thing, actually, because um, they were going to do the same thing with Ed Gein's house. Okay. Um, also a car, because people are fascinated with this kind of thing. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't have gone. I'm just saying it just seems a little weird at the same time. <laughs> like, I'm interested um, in it, but is there, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess people, it was different than too. People would, you know, watch hangings and stuff, so. Uh, so according to the court, after being exhumed, it was stated that he would be reinterred in the same gravesite. Uh, regardless of whether or not those remains determined to be homes. Okay. And the court also ordered that no commercial spectacle or carnival atmosphere shall be created by either this event or any other incident pertaining to the remains. No selling uh, funnel cakes. No selling pieces of mustache hair. And Think of the worst. <laughs> selling funnel cake. Um, because of the spectacle that was going to become of the murder castle. Okay. So there were 3,000-pound barrels of cement and turning his body. Wow. To this day is still conning people into thinking the impossible. Yeah. That's crazy. It's so interesting and though. <laughs> if you watch the the special on Holmes's family, obviously, who believe that he murdered all these people and actually believe that he was the Ripper, because that was the whole point of that whole thing was to That was so I interesting. Him, Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Who I'm also fascinated with. There's rumor that you haven't that they haven't found all of poor Howard Peitzel? Oh, they haven't found all of him. No, because in one episode they actually went to that cottage in Indianapolis and started sifting through the backyard. Is that the same one that they did on Ghost Adventures? Yes, that okay. the um woman owns. Yeah. And made it into like a dollhouse essentially. Mhm. Mm yeah, so there is an episode of Ghost Adventures where they go to the cottage from Indianapolis that they believe to be haunted by Howard Peitzel. Um, and also believed to be haunted by Holmes. And then there's obviously that special. And supposedly there is a movie in the works based on the book, The Devil in the White City, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Martin Scorsese. So the fascination with Holmes has never stopped. I mean, I guess that's what he wanted, right? Wanted to be famous. Yeah. And here he is. Uh, I mean, that's definitely what his ego wanted. He thought he was going to be good enough. Yeah. Over 100 years later, and we're still fascinated. Well, I mean, and I think it also boils down to, as well, like, whether or not he actually was Jack the Ripper. I mean, because Jack the Ripper had, supposedly, the medical background that Holmes would have had. 
yeah. which would explain a lot. He was America's first serial killer. He was the reason that they coined that term. Yeah. Because whether or not he killed nine or he killed the 27 or he killed hundreds, the problem and the crazier part is too, which is I think also tying back to that fascination we have with these kinds of serial killers, is that it's the not knowing and the never knowing. Yeah. Like we're never going to fully know who Jack the Ripper was. Mm -hmm. Just like we're never going to fully know how many people H.H. Holmes killed. And we're never going to know the full layout of the murder castle because it burned to the ground and nobody has the blueprints for it. Yeah. And, I mean, we won't even know if those blueprints are right because Holmes could have very well have changed it as he was building it. It's true. So, there's the app. Well, that was a good one. I like that one. Thanks. And if you want, I can give you, potentially, if not, cut this out, some of Holmes's <laughs> aliases. <laughs> No, I love when you give me these lists, so go ahead. <laughs> All right. Are any of them funny? Am I going to laugh at them? So, well, I mean, his real name is, is funny, so. Herman Webster Mudgett. Mudgett. Let me see if I can find it. Because they actually went through a decent amount with the descendant of what he possibly went to. So, oh, and in case you were curious, his parents' names were Levi Horton Mudgett. Horton. Horton. Horton, here's a who. Theodette Page Price. Theodette. Yes. Okay. Page Price. All right. So, some of his aliases include Henry Howard Holmes, Henry M. Howard, Henry Gordon, Alexander Bond. Oh, <laughs> Bond. Alexander Bond. Because, you know, why not? Let's see if I can get to the rest of them. That's random. That's like the other ones that, you know, kind of go together. Oh, he, like, he would just pick some really random names. Joe Smith. Oh, I, not to interrupt, but I just was looking up the, um, I wanted to get the name of the History Channel show, because we keep talking about it, but not actually naming it. Mm -hmm. And it was American Ripper. Yes. But then it says that the, the Scorsese DiCaprio's, they're making it for Hulu. Oh, they might have changed that then. It says, Scorsese and DiCaprio producing H.H. Holmes' TV series, The Devil in the White City for Hulu. That makes sense. Interesting. Okay. Also, I forgot to mention in his murder castle, he had vats of acid and various poisons that he liked to play with. I mean, everybody needs a vat of acid in their basement. I mean, who doesn't? Just in case you have to dissolve some, you know, skin and muscle off a body. All right, I can't seem to find any more of his aliases. I was trying what? to find the one that he used on um, the docket to cross over to London because that one was super normal. Tom Smith. That's strange. So, if you Google H.H. Holmes, uh, people also ask, is Meghan Markle related to H.H. Holmes? Oh, really? That's not something I was curious about, but... Well, is she? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it says no. It, it says no. There is a William Green who is believed to either be Holmes himself or a mysterious associate. Oh, mysterious. But, yeah, he had random names that he picked. But he stuck, obviously, with H.H. Holmes as his main moniker. He liked to play around with, like, Henry and Howard. He would take the, obviously, Howard was the name of the boy. That he supposedly killed. 
Supposedly, he did kill the boy. My bad. You're like, no, it did happen. <laughs> that was real. Um, but that is the story of H.H. Holmes. Well, I like it. I told you I had a long stuff that could have gone on <laughs> for days because I was sitting there going, like, I read this book and I watched all the specials and I watched the Netflix documentary and yeah. I watched The Ripper and I am obsessed with Jack the Ripper. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. I was like, we're in my wheelhouse now. <laughs> yes. And I'm sitting there the entire episode of Supernatural and I'm like, that's not what Holmes looks like. Oh, yeah, with the beard and everything? Yeah, I was like, that's not... Okay, look, even when he was in prison, like, no. Yeah. They just said they found his mustache on his skull. Yeah, and I'm sure his beard's not growing in, in uh, the afterlife there, in the ghost world. And they were usually pretty good with, like, last words and last requests and stuff. I mean, obviously, they listened to him being buried under fucking cement. Yeah. And then I'm sure if he wanted a shave and a haircut before he was hanged... They would have done it. I'm sure. Supernatural, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> just that one detail. It's just, you were so right on so many things. <laughs> Way to go. God. Rude. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. As like we always. said, if you want to find out more information about H.H. Holmes, you know, you can use the Google. Or you can watch American Ripper, which was on the History Channel, so I'm sure you can search for it. There's a ton of, I can tell you for a fact, there's a ton of stuff on Hulu and Netflix about H.H. Holmes, so so you can find it on there. You can also read Devil in the White City. You can also read Holmes, his story, uh, which is that 256-page thing he wrote. There's also multiple other books out there on H.H. Holmes as well. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a ton of information on the, the internet. Yes, I highly suggest, though, if you have the time and are the least bit interested in Holmes and can sit through certain things you might not be interested in, uh, Devil in the White City is worth it. Very cool. Okay, so check us. We got a Facebook page now. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, And then, well, you'll hear the spiel at the end. (laughs) (laughs) All that other good stuff. Continue sharing us with your friends, family, loved ones, people you hate. It doesn't matter. Just get it out there. Yeah, share us. Uh, if there's anything you want to know about us, feel free to ask. I think we're the most active on Twitter right now. Uh, as of right now, yeah. Um, once a day, at least, I'm posting something on Instagram. Yeah. And a story. Yeah. So I think it's easier, though, to chat on Twitter right now. Yes. So look for us there at SPM Balls Pod. Um, we have lots of things that we're we're brainstorming about, so... Hopefully they'll come to fruition soon. It's hard to do it now, being separated. But And obviously if there's anything you guys want to see or know or want us to do, toss it out there. Yeah. We'll let you out. know if we'll do it or not. We'll see if it sticks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okie dokie. I'm going to say bye to our friends. Yes. Okay. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Balls, a supernatural podcast with Lizzie and Missy. If you want more, follow on Twitter and Instagram at SPNBallsPod or email SPNBallsPod at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and follow Balls on your favorite streaming service.